tell stories so grand of this vast, timeless land, and they call it Sunday with Macca. Uh, hello, Macca. Yep. Um, my name's Brenda. Um, I've been listening to you for many, many years, and this morning I thought you might just like to know um, what's, um, where I'm living and working at the moment. I certainly would. Where are you, Brenda? Yeah, I'm working um, at a little Aboriginal community called Palumpa, um, just um, about two hours um, northwest of the Daly River region. Oh, west of the Daly River. Yes. Just hold on, I'll get my map. Go on, keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, Palumpa's um, a little Aboriginal community. It's also a and um, in the wet season, um, it's um, surrounded by um, billabongs, um, which extend um, to the Northwest Sea. And of course, um, when it extends to the Northwest Sea, we actually get um, some um, saltwater crocodiles coming in. And oh, charming. In the last um, couple of weeks, we've um, had, a, for me, um, being a, this is my first wet season here, so it's sort of fairly exciting. I guess for the locals, it's a little bit worrisome, and um, I guess. Perhaps they're used to it by now because um, this is what happens in the wet season. But about three weeks ago, um, one of our big stallions was taken by um, by a saltwater crocodile just not far from the um, station house just behind where I live. Um, so we had the um, uh, people from um, wildlife uh, rangers come down and set a trap. Um, in the meantime, we've managed to trap three crocodiles. Um, all salt water, and um, but the other day, um, got a cracker. They tell stories so grand of this vast, timeless land, and they call it Sunday with Macca. They all call it Sunday with Macca. Yeah, they all call it Sunday with Macca. Get on with it, Macca. Uh, good morning. Welcome to the program. Uh, wherever you are, you can give us a ring, 1300-700-222. I've just been running. I just was down in Makeup Kill and um, I saw... Um, I was down there and I saw one of the girls down there and she said, uh, unfortunately, we can't do anything for you, Ian. Um, at, as well as that, this morning, uh, we've got... Uh, we, there's cricket bats. So I've got cricket bats all through the studio here this morning and there's a little story with that. We'll tell you that in... In a in a moment, um, stock cars at Druin. I think there's a um, triathlon, isn't there? Kel, is it Port Douglas to Cairns or the other way around? I think can't. Can, I think it starts in Cairns to Port Douglas. That's on today. All sorts of things. Quickly, I'll tell you what's on round round the place. Um, for example, uh, the shows are on. Some agriculture shows certainly back on in Queensland, Tagulawa. Caboolture, is it, and Winton and Yapoon, are they on today? Uh, there's a Brown and Hurley Open Day in Toowoomba and the Show and Shine next Saturday, the 12th of June. Uh, National Collectibles Fair in Port Adelaide, that's next weekend. It's a long weekend for many states. The Order River Paddle is on today. It's Queensland Day today, I think, and they're celebrating that. We're at Kell at Holland Park Lions Club Bar BQ. For Queensland Day, tomorrow is Western Australian Day. Western Australia Day. That's Monday the 7th of June. I just thought I'd tell you that. Emails quickly, quickly, quickly. Everyone knows the Kappa stroke Delta variant is from India. Well, I don't think everyone knows it, Rosie, but thanks for telling us. The authorities have stopped referring to it as the Indian virus to prevent any further stigma attaching itself to Indian Australians, says Rosie. Australians are generally pretty tolerant. 
and community-minded by nature, but racism is becoming more prevalent and more accepted in this country. It's not accepted by me. We all need to live together in harmony and do our best to get out of this pandemic, says Rosie. All the best. Thank you, Rosie. Marilyn says, you played a song this morning by Jim Stewart. Can you tell me the name of it? I think it's Remember My Life. It is. It's by Doug Ashdown. But uh, Jim Stewart wrote the lyrics. He's a very good lyric writer. Marilyn says, I love it. Ruth says here, sunny and frosty in Canberra at the moment and we're lying in bed listening. Your second caller, it was actually an email, Ruth, um, had concerns about the iView accounts for exactly the same reasons we do. We bought my elderly... um, a smart TV, uh, elderly dad, a smart TV for COVID shutdown, shared our Netflix and showed him how to use his iView. He hates Netflix because it's too complicated but uses iView all the time. He refuses to sign up to anything that requests private information and has already said he will not create an account for the ABC. I also wrote to the ABC, got no, got no answer. Well, you will if, you've wrote to them, if, you, if, you've wrote, if you wrote to them, you'll get an answer. Um. Um, if they go ahead with this, they will lose an iView user, says Ruth. Thank you, Ruth. Um, and Karen says, we feel like we've been friends for a long time. Thank you. I'm at work early like you, getting ready for our day today at the Noosa River Holiday Park. We are on the Noosa River, about 2.5 k's from Hastings Street. Uh, Hastings Street. Just wanted you to know how I think our park is Australia all over too. We are full and have our wonderful returning guests from all states who were hijacked by COVID last year. They are from all walks of life, all ages, but predominantly boomers of the remaining nomads with a butte sprinkling of internationals and young'uns hitting the road. There are some Kiwis and a return of our Tasmanians, kids from the bush and cities hitting an often unfamiliar travel road. How good is that? Says um, Karen Deneen. Good on you, Karen. Yep, there's lots of people on the road. I'm going to go on the road next week for a couple of days. And uh, look, we'll talk to you. Our number is 1300 700 222. As I said, I've got uh, cricket bats all over here in this morning. I've got five lovely cricket bats. They're all painted up. The only thing I used to put on my cricket bat was uh, linseed oil. Linseed oil. <laughs> and you'd never paint your bat. But now, but these are, these are special bats. And I'll, you'll meet Angie, Angie Clark in just a minute. Uh, we'll talk to you, 1300 Good day, this is Macca. Hi, Macca, it's Pauline. How are you? Good, thanks, Pauline. It's good. I just I had to ring and tell you, okay, that I, I listen to you. I've been listening to you for 40 years, right? right? So have my parents and stuff. Anyway, every morning I normally wake at 8 o'clock, okay? Yep. I don't have alarms and stuff. Anyway, every Sunday morning I always wake Nothing's by chance, Eileen Caddy, a spiritualist, said that once, right? Nothing's by chance. I wake up at 5.30, put a kettle on, have a cup of tea, and then listen to you. <laughs> so this is, this is like, this is crazy stuff. I think it might be called the joys of ageing or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But the, that's funny because on Sunday I do the same, and, and it's probably just thinking about it on Saturday night, but every Sunday I've got an alarm that goes off but I invariably wake up at about uh, quarter to quarter to four, ten to four. Invariably, just yeah. uh, it, and I think, uh, uh, and you just it's, <laughs> look. I think if you've been doing it a while, Paul, I think it's sort of habit. I think your body knows that when it's that particular it, it, day of the it, week, it could be you know, know. 
not just Sunday, but yeah, your body knows. Yeah. Look, I don't know, but I think I think that's the story because <laughs> I do it exactly the same. I'm I wake up and I think, oh, what day is it? Um, oh, oh yeah, right, yes, yeah, it's, it's ten to four, and yeah. It's, well, I don't actually wake up thinking what day is it because I know it's you and it's Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, see, I don't, I don't. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't usually do it. I don't do early, uh, unfortunately, unless unless I have to. I don't mind getting up early, but you know, I, I, I pity people like uh, Robbie Buck and Wendy Harmer who have to do, and uh, Stevie yeah, J who has yeah. to do breakfast uh, five days a week. You know, five days yeah, a week. No, it's yeah, it's no, it's no. tough yeah. getting up at that time, yeah. but um, but anyway, yeah. So it's probably yeah. Pauline, where are you? I'm in Adelaide. Uh huh. Cool there. Uh, very cool. I've got the heater on, right? A cup of tea, right? And yeah, um, yeah, not, and a yeah, long dressing gown, so I'm warm. So, <laughs> so you get up at five thirty and listen right through to Pauline. I, I do. I've done it for years. I, I I did contract work, so I've lived all around the world, right? And especially all around Australia. And I've always had you by my side. Right, it's a bit like you become an old mate. Right? <laughs> oh, good day, Macca. Oh, hi, you're here again, right? <laughs> oh, we'll have, we'll have to we'll have to come to Adelaide and bump into you sometime. That'd be good. Oh, you, you have to, you have to. It's a great place, right? Yeah. Absolutely oh, great love. Place. Yeah, we haven't been there for ages, but we've done quite a lot of programs in in Adelaide at uh, up at the park there, Belair Park. We did a couple up yeah, there, yeah, and yeah, one yeah, in yeah. in the at that rotunda down near the Oval there. You know that park near the Ganelg, Oval. Ganelg, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, all over the place we've been. So um, we'll have to come back, Pauline. It was just this last year or so, year and a half. It's been a bit of a oh, pain it's been in the crazy. neck. And you I know, I know, yeah. And, and you don't really want to cross the border, do you? No, well, actually, it's it's been such a sad year, you know what I mean? And it's still going on. This is the thing, you know what I mean? It, it's You turn the news on and you want to turn it off, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't need to hear this anymore, right? But anyway. Exactly. I mean, I, and, yeah. and, and I don't think people realise that, you know, I, they, they, you think, you know, oh, you know, the news and you're a bit jaundiced, but really it does, all this has an effect on you. And I know news has got to do the news and... Tell yep, about yep, yep. you know the words that are most most used words. It'd be nice to make a list of the most used words. Vaccine would be one. Inoculation, <laughs> pandemic, COVID, um, COVID, COVID, yeah, COVID, 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 uh, more COVID. And we're, and we're sick of it. That's why I like to have fun, and you know that's why I know, I know. that's why I popped down to you know make up this morning to give myself a freshen up. But they said they couldn't do oh, anything. Oh, can, can you send them around? Yeah. <laughs> When you're in Adelaide, I'll give you my address. Just send them around, right? So I'll 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 take them on board. Okay. All right, Pauline. Good on you. Nice to okay. talk to you. Nice to talk to you, Maggie. See you later. See you, uh, yeah. See you next Bye. Sunday morning at five thirty. Okay. See you then. Bye. Okay. Like lots of Australian kids, I'm a cricket fanatic. My studio here this morning is full. Well, not full, but I've got lots of lovely cricket bats. They're painted and decorated, and there's one on a stand, and it looks like. Looks like a steel. It's probably like the aluminium one that uh, uh, Dennis Lilly nearly collected uh, Javed me and Dad with that time. Remember? <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Yes. Um, with me this morning is a lady called Ange Clark. She's from uh, an organisation called Where's There's a w- Where Where There's a Will. Ange Clark. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Macca. I'm great. You're from Robertson in uh, Southern New South Wales. Where this morning it'd be if it's not minus, I would be very surprised. Yeah, it's frosty. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely frosty. Tell me about where there's a will and the cricket bats and you and you've got a little laptop here with people there who are 
What are they? Are they live? Is this live Facebook? Is it? It is. I've got um, some of our really great artists all around Australia painting for you this morning oh, on right. cricket bats, and um, I'm going to try and get them all back on because I just. You know, this is live. I've just lost them all and I'm trying to get them all back on again. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, I'm the CEO and founder of um, the charity Where There's a Will. Tell us about it. Thank you. Uh, and firstly, thank you for the opportunity to be in here this morning. Um, I'm a mum of um, a young man who lives um, on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. And um, our charity was founded based on our experiences um, growing up with Will and um, uh, the lack of choice and opportunity that we had for Will in um, all areas of his life. And um, there wasn't one part of our life growing up with Will and living in a regional area where we didn't really have to, you know, fight for him to be seen as a, as a person living with disabilities and, and, and living with diversity. Um, so we always were trying to find opportunities for him to be included when there was a lack of choice. Um, and also for people to understand that he was different um, but to also lean into his world and to try and understand how he worked. So there wasn't probably one part of my parenting life where I wasn't trying to create options for him. Mm. And I realised when he finished school that I was confronted again with the lack of choice for him. So I started um, to get him to sand cricket bats. Because <laughs> right. he's, he's 25, you know, and he's played cricket since he was seven. Mm. He used to turn up at the Bradman Oval. And, um, and just turn up at the nets and play. So um, it's a very long history of wheel playing cricket. So I thought I'll use the bats as a way to teach him some skills so that um, he would potentially be uh, employable with mm. these new skills. And very quickly it turned into a small business idea to a following around Australia where we had the um, artist, outback artist Peter Brown get in touch with us and say, Ange, look, um, I've heard Will's story. I would really love to support him. Um, we're very much uh, around um, the the um, the feeling that we need to be more inclusive. We need to understand about acceptance and understanding around diversity and disability. How about um, I paint a cricket bat for Will and um, you can sell it, see how you go. And um, Pete actually shared his story um, on the internet with Artists Without Borders and I was suddenly getting emails and calls from all around Australia from people wanting to paint a cricket bat for Will. And I had the ex-Prime Minister John Howard. We had Jimmy Barnes and Ben Quilty. I had Jeff Harvey. All right. Um, Julia Zamira and the Rockwiz crew all doing cricket bats for Will. And within a four-month period, I had an exhibition of about 60 bats. <laughs> and go. we're now it. up to our 10th community and 10th exhibition. And um, what you're going to see on the... Well, I'm watching. I'm watching your laptop, and there's people on there painting bats. Um, all over. where? Where are they, for instance? Well, I've actually lost some of them, but I've got um, Erica Baker from Perth, and she's originally from the Pilbara, and she's legally blind. She's painting for us. I've wow. got John Kennis from the Men's Shed in Robertson creating a bat for us. I've got Belinda and Alira in the Mallee District. Um, in a town called Rainbow, painting for you this morning. I've got Leah wow. from Bunbury in South West WA. Yeah. Um, we've got um, Steph Ball in Waruka in the Southern York Peninsula in South Australia, painting for you this morning. Isn't that lovely? And because so, autism touches a whole lot of people in Australia, doesn't it? And and I don't think um, sometimes I don't think people realise how how widespread it is and the different forms it's 
it takes with with and the different effects it has on on people. Yeah, that's a really good observation and question there, Maka. Um, you know, we all know the percentages. You know, there's one in four. Um, but it's more than just autism. It's diversity. It's disability. And we started this because um, I wanted people to understand and accept my son, Will. I wanted them to really get to know him because beyond the disability is kindness, is generosity, is a person with ability. Mm. And we don't see that because we're so fixated on the disability and what they're not doing. And we lean away because sometimes the behaviour is a bit challenging around... Anne's just uh, leaned away from the... <laughs> as she said, they lean away and she just leaned, leaned back, which got, I think was great. Go we've on. got good heads for radio, And I wanted people to lean in, but they didn't know how. Yeah. So we... I felt, wow, the cricket bats are going to be a really great conduit for me to have a platform to speak. It's really inviting people to, to be a part of our life by painting the cricket bats. And it quickly led to invitations to go to communities all around Australia to, um, to talk about disability, to talk about inclusion. And I realised it's not just disability in communities around Australia. It's anyone who feels like they are different, yeah. anyone who feels excluded. Mm. We're doing some work in a town called Rainbow at the moment And the town realised 25 families that they didn't even know existed. There was mental health. There were people who were... There was two profoundly deaf men. And the town now is learning Auslan to learn how to speak with them. Wow. Isn't that good? Um, But they suddenly saw these people that they didn't see before. So we're having the conversations. We're creating awareness. And these cricket bats that people are painting in every community around Australia are the platform that we now use to connect. Isn't that lovely? I'm talking to Ange Clark. Um, she's from Where There's a Will, and the Will is her son. And uh, you've heard the story. We'll continue talking. She's from Robertson in south, uh, southern, uh, sort of the southern Highlands, sort of up from the, isn't it? Yeah, we're from, on the outer edge. Yeah, out of the out, out of the. It's a poor part of town. Really. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> the poor part of the southern Highlands. Yes. <laughs> and uh, as I said, she's got she's brought in four or five cricket bats. It must have been a bit of a. An effort. Um, what's the what's the one here? The brown one with steel and looks like it's rusted. Yeah, it's um well, it's a train um, made out of metal on a cricket bat. Right. And it was actually made by a fellow called Chug Fuller, and uh, he's a he's an older farmer in um, Rainbow in the Mallee District of Victoria, mm. and Chug has the most incredible museum on his farm of Australian artefacts. There are sheds and sheds and sheds full of Australian artefacts. Really? Like, what do you mean? Like what? Just they go back to the early 19th oh, century. Bits and pieces, like of, machines. Of um, machinery and, and old carriages and tools. Sinks and... Just stuff. <laughs> stuff. There's stuff, you know. Isn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> and we I... look at it now and think, what is that? <laughs> It's it's amazing stuff. I love that word stuff. But look, more power to you. I think it's a lovely thing, Ange. I think, um, as I say, you, you, and the other thing about having a, a disabled child of any sort, you become a different person. You become you see the world in a whole new way, don't you? Where yeah. that that people who don't don't have that opportunity because I think it's in, in some ways it's an opportunity for for you and people. You know, you say no, that's a funny thing to say. But but in lots of ways, you become a different person when you're associated 
closely with somebody who's got a disability. Yeah, we can't not be. And I think it's a really important point to make, Mecca. Mm. I think once we step into that world of disability of any kind, we become more empathetic. Mm. We become more compassionate. Yep. We become more understanding. And aren't they great human traits to have? Yeah, that's it. I'll say. And in every single <coughs> community, in every part of Australia, you have a person with diversity or you have a person with a disability of some kind. So as communities, as humanity, as people across the country, it's important for us to be aware of who is in our community and take the time to lean into someone who's different. Just simply smile and say hello. Because you get more than you give. I mean, I, that's what I think. You get much more than you give mm. when you do that. Um, and, and I think... Um, uh, it's you see the world in a whole new new way. Absolutely, Maka. Yeah. That's so true. And I've witnessed it in 25 years. Will is a game changer. Will is such a beautiful young man. He's loving, he's engaging, and you can't not help but just step into him. But I'll just mention another um, initiative that we have with our charity. It's called The Last Over. Oh. And um, since Will's... In probably for the last five or six years, our cricket club, of Barrow Cricket Club and uh, Robertson Barrowway Cricket Club... Um, just to make sure that Will gets to play the game of cricket in a way that's really, um, you know, supports his abilities. We add an extra over onto the 80 overs. All right. So Will hangs out for 80 overs. He comes on and off the field and everyone kind of accepts Will. But we add an extra over on and that extra over, everyone comes back onto the field, both teams, spectators, everyone comes (laughs) onto the field and plays for Will. Oh, wow. And he bowls, he does whatever he likes and it's like the test match. Everyone forgets the problems of the world. They get no, forget yeah. who's won and lost the match. No sandpaper. It's all no, yeah. Yeah, we've had plenty of sandpaper <laughs> sending our bats. We don't keep it in our pockets though. It's it's open to the public. That sounds lovely. Um, and everyone plays for Will. So we've started this initiative of the last over, and we're encouraging all three thousand seven hundred and seventy eight cricket clubs around Australia to do the last over to encourage at least one person, one person who has a disability in their community to come and play cricket. And how amazing would that be to have f- at least 4,000 more people with a disability of diversity of some kind playing cricket? Ange, it's been a great pleasure to meet you. Um, Ange is from Robertson uh, in the Highlands, the poor part of the Southern, <laughs> Southern Highlands in New South Wales. It's uh, where there's a will, um, dot org, dot au. You can get in touch with them. Bill's in Warrigal. Morning, Bill. Good morning, Mecca. How are you? Good. Can you? Yep. Uh, um, I'm uh, a retired dairy farmer and I live in a, a retirement village called Fairview. I moved in because I saw half a dozen families fighting like mad at, about what they would do with their parents because they were too ill to look after themselves. And I just wanted to ask, uh, wanted to encourage all, all people in their 80s to hurry up and make the decision to move into the, into the retirement village uh, so that they don't have their families fighting and arguing, as I've just experienced another one at the moment, and it's so, so sad, mate, so sad. Yeah, I'll say it is. It's really a hard time. It's funny, isn't it? I've got a, I've got a friend here at the ABC, and uh, look, I'm not sure where he's from originally. He's probably from Tonga. He's a, he's a big, he played rugby union. He's a lovely fellow, and we talk. He says, g'day, mate, and we talk. He, he does his rounds here, and yeah. he's a big fella. And a big, like he, he's obviously a, was a prop, prop Most forward. Most of them are. Yeah, well, he, he's obviously a prop forward. And I think, how would I tackle him? I mean, he's just, <laughs> he's just huge. But, but he said to me the other day, we were talking about something, and he said, oh, Ian, 
he said I always encourage people to have to have children some people don't but because I was t- I was talking about when I, I was in hospital a couple of weeks um, a yes. month it's a long time ago and and th- but there was an, a number of people there um, older people who had nobody they had no yeah they had no partner they had no children they had no aunties no, no uncles and they're on and I thought at the time I thought gee wouldn't that be a terrible situation to find yourself in sick in hospital and no one there to care for you? Because look, I'm not knocking hospitals, but hospital food no, is, no, no, it's no, a joke. No. Um, but really, yeah. but anyway, and, and he said, Ian, it's really important for people to have a family. It's very important in my culture. He said to have families because families look after you, you know, and, and that's very true. But I think your point is, is excellent, Bill, but every, we all put, we, well, I don't know. I'm a procrastinator. I put everything off, Bill, and I suppose... Yeah, that's what happens, mate. Yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're too crook to do it, and, and so the family, you know, Myrtle wants to put you in here, and George wants to put you somewhere else, and it's sad, sad, sad. And uh, the same thing's going on with one of our cobbers at the moment, and I, I just cry about it, not physically but i mentally yeah. and uh, as such uh, I, I i saw all this happen you know four years ago before i moved in here and uh, i encourage all my dairy farmer friends to get their act together and make sure they don't become a big weight on their kids and you're not livelihoods. you're not dairying anymore bill no no retired yeah, yeah retired and he used to do it out at gainsborough in uh, uh, in west gippsland uh-huh and uh, enjoyed that life Oh, loved it. Loved it. Was very fortunate, you know. I had a wonderful wife and seven magnificent children and uh, and uh, we they all helped like mad on the farm when we couldn't didn't have two bob to bless ourselves with, but we we, <laughs> we got through it all and uh and uh, and now they're all fantastic kids and they're doing their own thing and I, I moved in here so that so that they wouldn't have to worry about looking after their father. Uh, Bill, it's very prescient of you, um, as I said, but I think um, it's very hard to make those changes, isn't it? It's very hard, but oh, you, yes. you need to do yes. it. You need to do it. That's right. Mm. And, and, and just as that your cobbler from, from Tonga said, you know, we've got to have a family. We, we, they love us and we love them, yeah. but we can't become a burden. They have their own lives and we mustn't become a burden on them. And they'll still come to see us. In the, in the new retirement village situation, yeah. I'm in a two-bedroom home. It's nice and lovely and the kids come and, and uh, uh, all those sort of things. It's fantastic and the grandchildren and so forth. Give me a hard time, of course. But uh, I'm surviving. I'm surviving because uh, I love them and they love me. Billy, yeah. it's, it's nice to talk to you this morning and it's probably a, a, a great uh, pointer for people who are listening, mate. Good I, ho- I, ho- I hope so, Ian, because... One of the sad things is, is it, it, you see them and they argue like, and it causes such grief to everybody, and, and it's it, so unfortunate. Well, it's like when 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 your mother or father passes. I don't know yeah. what it is, but the, it hits the fan. Everybody's in grief, and all yeah. of a sudden, everybody's arguing the toss, and let alone if there's a huge will of millions of dollars or something. But but it's but even <laughs> even without that, it's uh, it's always yeah. um, it's a it's yeah. a tough yeah, time. That's right. Growing old's not for sissies, Bill. Um, no, no, as... it is not, and it's important that you uh, keep on the ball and look after yourself, and, yeah. and make sure you look at let the, encourage the family to keep on loving you, but let them do their own thing. Good on you, Bill. Thanks, mate. Thanks for talking to me, Macca. Bye. Bye. I'm Macca. It's Dick Smith here. Oh, good day, Dick. How are you, mate? 
Yeah, I thought I'd better give you a ring. I heard you mentioned Darwin, and Pip and I are in Darwin, and we've oh. just driven up from Perth, and everyone keeps telling us all the time, oh, we hear you on Macca, we hear you on Macca. So I thought oh. you should know that lots of people listen to you in Western Australia. <laughs> there you go. So uh, you left from where? From Perth or somewhere, did you? Yeah, we left from Perth a few weeks ago, and I'll tell you what, we've worked out why Australia is so incredibly wealthy, because you go from Mika Thara to basically to Kununurra and you've got these huge trucks on the road. Not only from Mount Newman are there three railway lines, but now the price of iron ore is so high, there's all these new mines have opened up where they're trucking huge long road trains of iron ore to Port Headland. I've never seen anything like it. Wow. And then when we got off the Gibb River Road, we got on the road that goes between Wyndham and Halls Creek and once again there's huge iron ore trucks and They've just opened up a new iron ore mine near Halls Creek and they're loading at Wyndham. And so they're actually shipping iron ore out of Wyndham, which used to be where all the meat used to go out from. Yeah, and I read the other day that the the, the Chinese aren't too happy about the price they're paying for iron ore. I don't know what they can do about it, but I think they're making inroads into places like Africa, uh, the Communist Party of China, to in uh, because they've got iron ore over there. So I think they're... You know, their long-term or short-term, medium-term plan is to get their iron ore from somewhere else. But at the moment, um, yeah. But uh, They're getting it from Australia. Uh, by the way, the, the amount of people on the road here, caravans, in fact, the latest thing is you not only have a boat, and not only have a car with your caravan, but you have, a, have to have a boat on the roof of your car. Oh, yes. And, then, and now we're following the American system. The people who own the mobile homes, they've now got a little car attached to the back. Yeah. So they can park and then drive their little car. So that's getting more and more. But just very quickly, we drove up the Gibb River Road. And, Macker, oh, I've wow. told you before, you're not a, you're not a real Australian until you've done the Gibb River Road. I know, yeah. But, yeah. but on it, we met the most fantastic place people. Uh, we, we kept getting told, oh, you've got to go to scones, got to go to great scones at Ellenborough Station. I thought, oh, come on, I'm not going to go up the Gibb River Road to get scones and get them in Sydney. But we finally got to Ellenborough Station where we met Larissa and Logan, her husband, and they make these incredible scones. <laughs> and people come from all around the world to have the scones. Wow. So if anyone's listening, remember, you're not a real Australian until you've been there for the scones. <laughs> and then, of course, about halfway up the Gibbon, Gibbon River Road is this incredible bloke, uh, Neville Hernan, who basically repairs tyres. Now, he doesn't sell milkshakes. He doesn't sell fuel doesn't sell Aboriginal paintings. He basically just repairs tyres. He's got this incredible business that runs about four months of the year and then he stays there for the rest of the time and he's been there 20 years running a mechanical and tyre business. This is because, ladies and gentlemen, the Gibb River Road can be uh, rugged. It's probably a good way. How was it? Because we had a lady ring, when was that, Kel? About four weeks ago. They were going to do it on bikes, I think. They were doing the Gibb River Road and she said, oh, it's... Because they had a lot of a big wet season, had been washed away and stuff like that. But I think the graders had been on it and and made it a little better. You've got some sort of a four wheel drive. Is it uh, how how was it the Gibb River? Yeah, we've got and as I mentioned, Aussie built Sun Camper. It's a it's a high lux thing with a sort of a camper van on the back, so it's four wheel drive. But no, the road's really good, and in fact they're fixing it all the time. Which you better get up there before <laughs> you know someone goes and seals the whole oh, thing. Oh yeah, that's in fact be I'm going to write to the. I'm going to write to the to the West Australian Premier and tell him that he should list the Gibb River Road and not repair it anymore because I think you won't have that incredible experience if they go and seal it. By the way, about halfway along is a little place called the Gibb River Store 
and Clyde and Lynette Russ, and they listen to you, and they've been there for donkey's years, right. and uh, they're born there, and just the most incredible to me to meet these characters, and then every now and then you can turn left or right off the road and go down into one of these incredible canyons, which are just magnificent. The only problem I, I would say is that there are sort of too many people on the Gibb River Road at the moment. Yeah, well, that's because everybody's on the road. As you say, there's, there's traffic jams in various places near roadhouses where, you know, the, the caravans and everything are, are queued up all over the place. And um, because, Dick, there must be, when a million people, they used to say a mil, there's a million Australians living and working overseas, but but then there's, there's uh, you know, millions that go travelling and they're all not doing that. They're, they're all in Australia. They seem to have bought camper vans or whatever and they're all on the road, um, which is lovely, I suppose, but um, uh, it presents its own problems wherever, you know, wherever things like that happen. It is incredible. Now, if you want to invest in something, here's the Dick Smith tip for making a fortune. Invest in a caravan company. I don't know if there are any public caravan companies on the stock exchange, but the number of brand new caravans, I've never seen anything like it. And people are getting bigger and bigger off-road caravans and they're towing them with little, you know, small cars, but they seem to be getting along okay. Yeah. No, what happened to the tent, Dick? What happened to the <laughs> no. You know, the tent's, the tent's gone. <laughs> uh, uh, Dick, uh, nice to talk to you, mate. You're, where are you? At the, you're in Darwin this morning. Yeah, we're at Darwin at the moment. Uh, by the way, here's an interesting one. We got to Mount Magnet, and there's this huge truck pulled up at the uh, Mount Magnet Roadhouse. So I got and spoke to the driver, and he's taking iron ore, he says, from Willuna to Geraldton. And I said, hold on, Willuna's a gold town. He said, oh, it was. Now they've found iron ore there. Wow. And so he does this incredible drive across. I think he earns about $200,000 a year, probably works 10 days on, 10 days off or something. So now, even though there's the railway line to Mekathara and to Waluna closed down 50 years ago, they're now basically putting it all on the road and they must have an iron ore loading point at Geraldton, which I didn't know about. Wow. Dick, uh, it's always great to be on the road, isn't it? Because you find out so much about Australia. Thanks for your report, mate. Wonderful to talk to you and everyone who's listening. Fantastic. Say good day to Pip. Good on you, mate. I will. Bye-bye. G'day, this is Macca. Hello, it's uh, Patricia here. I'm ringing from Fiji. G'day, Patricia. Fiji. Yep. I'm ringing up to um, tell the um, Australian taxpayers how much uh, we're very grateful for the uh, for the vaccines that the Australian government is sending over. That's good, Patricia. You you've lived in Suva for um, in Fiji and Suva for a good while. Yes, I've been here for quite a while. Mm. But since the tourism ended uh, last uh, March last year, uh, we just had a few cases of uh, COVID then and they were contained. And then after only a couple of months, uh, we were as free as a bird. But all the people who supported the industry, the tourism industry, of course, they lost their jobs and the air people, air, you know, the planes yep. and all sorts of things. Uh, and then, so then in early April this year, uh, we people, we had people coming back into the country from overseas. And so we got a, um, a COVID came in then and it's really affected the Fiji, the Fijian people. Um, the 
the other islands. It's only contained into this island at the moment. But uh, I just looked on the internet, uh, and at the moment there's, um, I think our latest numbers, there's about, uh, hold on, I lost the plot, uh, 406 uh, people in isolation, uh, and there's been uh, 434 current cases, and we've had four deaths. That includes two last year. And... Um, so just as of yesterday, uh, 200,000, just over 200,000 people had, had their first dose of AstraZeneca mm-hmm. and about 5,000 have had their second dose. And most of those, those doses have come uh, through the Australian government and also through COVAX. And uh, we were promised some by New Zealand later, probably in July, I think, 150,000. So it's been very good. So I just thought I'd let uh, the taxpayers know what's where some of their money's going. And it must be a great relief because, see, uh, we don't get a lot of news about Suva or Fiji because there's so much other news uh, around the place. But they, there must be a lot of relief, I'd say, in Fiji because of that. Yes, and, and a lot of people are uh, lining up. We have to, we're all masked and we have to be two metres apart. And, uh, you know, when you go into the shops, you have to, we have an app on our phone. You have to show that you've got your, yep. uh, like your app on. Your contact, or if you yep. don't have yeah, that on your phone, you have to write down your number, your name and your number and where you live. Mm. And we all get our temperatures taken. Um, and so there's a lot of people uh, assisting in uh, trying to contain uh, these outbreaks. But un- unfortunately, uh, with, with the latest one, uh, not only the people from the tourism industry last year, hospitality and so on, a lot of businesses were closed. So now we have an added, uh, there must be, uh, Fiji's population is just less than a million. So there's about at least uh, 300,000 families that are affected by this COVID and they're having, many of them having trouble uh, finding food uh, and feeding their families and so on. So, uh, a lot of the NGOs, uh, some of the governments helped uh, in some ways getting food distributed, and a lot of the NGOs are helping as well. Patricia, so it's a bit of a crisis yeah, over here. <laughs> yes, exactly. And as I said, you don't hear a lot of news about um, uh, Suva because and Fiji and and I suppose other islands because you know there's so much other news and we hear you know we get news from all over the stuff and and what's happening overseas and. In other places, so yeah. But thanks for very much for ringing, Patricia. Why um why did you go to uh, Fiji? What what found you in? Oh, Fiji? I had some uh, a work offer here some years ago, and so I just decided to stay. Uh, <laughs> as long as I could, I could go over. I mean, Fiji's not far from Australia. It's just a hop, skip, and a jump to get home and see your family and your friends. And that's the, of course now with COVID, I haven't been over for. 18 months now, but I'll get there. Yeah, well, there's a, bit, there's a bit of flying, but I don't know when flying will get back to Fiji. Um, they're still they're flying in there now, are they? No. Uh, no, not not really. Just some of the 
uh, UN or emergency people. I don't know. There's only the odd flight going out. Mm. And and, uh, and all, all those jobs that were in tourism are all gone. And as you said, people are struggling to find food and all those sort of things. It's a, it's yes. a tough time, a crisis, as you said. Yes. So anyway, I just wanted to, through your program, thank the Australian people to tell them where some of their tax money's gone. We, <laughs> thank you very much. Well, we're all they're always interested where their tax money's gone, Patricia. <laughs> um, and and, and it's, it's a good thing that it's going to somewhere that's helping a, a great deal. That's good news. Yes. Nice to talk good to you, Patricia. Thank you. Minaka. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.